0: from coast to coast. This is Betty Across America
3: on vSIN, the Sports Betty Network. Welcome back. Hour number three of Betting Across America right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Uh, Wes Reynolds along with uh, producer Stephen Bond. And uh, we're getting you through the NFL preseason, uh, previewing the games, obviously, to come. We have two currently underway, by the way, and uh, looking at the prices at BetMGM. Still 7 nothing uh, in Chicago. Uh, low-scoring game. Patrick Mahomes and company go down 11 plays, 72 yards on the first drive. Belldozer gets a touchdown, so still 7 nothing. Backups now in in for Kansas City. We've seen a little bit of Chad Henney, and we've seen a little bit of Shane Bouchelle, the uh, original commit to Texas and then finished up his career at SMU. So he is in there for Kansas City. Trevor Simeon time, by the way, in Chicago. Chicago does get a stop. They'll get the ball back here about a little bit over five minutes. Uh, Kansas City minus four and a half, 28 and a half your current total at BetMGM. Uh, Kansas City minus 250 plus 185 for the Bears. On the money line, uh, other game going on. We have two morning games. We have Carolina 10-6 over the Washington Commanders. Carolina took a 10-0 lead. Brian Robinson with an early touchdown run in the second quarter. Extra point from Joey Sly. No good. So 10-6, 446 left to go. Washington at about midfield uh, here. We do have a timeout, so uh, no price right now yet at Bet BetMGM. Uh, Carson Wentz, by the way, 10 of 13 for 74 yards. So, efficient. Not a lot of big plays. A lot of short passes. Baker Mayfield, pretty solid on that first drive. 4 of 7 for 45 yards. Sam Darnold, 2 of 3, 16 yards. Did throw a touchdown, though, in the first quarter. Uh, no Christian McCaffrey today, so Chuba Hubbard and uh, Dante Foreman basically getting the early carries for the Carolina Panthers as uh, Ron Rivera matching up with his old mates. That's always kind of a motivational thing. It certainly looked like maybe that was at least part of the bet. It's obviously mostly info based, but Carolina did close three across the board. Total got bet to the under a little bit, closed at 36 in a lot of different markets. So we've seen the overs really reign supreme so far this uh, preseason. I believe 8-0 on the week to, uh, to go ahead and start out, including the Hall of Fame game. So we'll see if that trend continues Certainly, maybe on its way in Washington, Stephen.
4: I'll well, tell you what, if you're, if you're a Washington backer, Carson Wentz, 10 of 13 for 74 yards, that's not a bad outing, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah, that's what you want to see. If, if, you're, if you're Carolina, yeah. I, I don't know that you saw enough out of Baker, and maybe you're a little more encouraged by what you see out of Sam Darnold leading him down for a touchdown. You know, I, this is such a, a, an interesting game to me, only because of the, the quarterback controversy in Carolina. I'm not really interested in, in much else with this. Mm-hmm. I, I, to me, it would be a stay away, because I don't know that you trust Carolina's backups, and I'm not sure I even trust Washington's starters. Right. Therefore, I, I can't really trust their backups.
3: Yeah, look, I think it's on a decent overpace, and I did lean that way. I didn't end up pulling the trigger. But just because when you look at Carolina, you do have a guy that's a runner in Matt Corral and you do have a guy that's got some mobility in P.J. Walker, and that's what I look for, especially in second halves of preseason games. So if you don't get involved pre-flop, kind of keep that in mind for some halftime totals, some in-game stuff. You know, when you got these quarterbacks, one of the reasons why the Baltimore Ravens are on this 21-0 run is because, number one, John Harbaugh, by and large, takes this very seriously, even though he's saying he's trying to be a little bit more judicious, especially with some of the injuries that they had last year. That's really why they didn't make the playoffs that's why they win eight and nine because they were pulling guys off the street to play offensive line and to play secondary so he wants to take care of those guys but one of the reasons why baltimore is so good in the preseason and you've been following this for a few years steven they always have good running quarterbacks they always have like remember when they had troy smith the yeah. uh, heisman trophy winner yes. out of ohio state yep, he was like the yep. preseason MVP yep. every single year because it's like okay something breaks down nobody's open i can just take off and turn on the jets and run
4: I think you're seeing, to your point there, it's experienced backup quarterback play. And when you're trying to identify, uh, you know, a potential spot to bet, looking at these backup quarterbacks and realizing how many years have they been, not only in the league, but I think you have to take into account how many years have they been with their specific team because that Mm -hmm. typically means it's a similar system or at the very least a similar culture.
3: When you talk about systems, that's a very good point you brought up because I think you saw that in the very first preseason game last Thursday, the Hall of Fame game in Canton. Jarrett Stidham, obviously, is not going to see a lot of action at quarterback for the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, You know, it's the Derek Carr show, but people kind of forgot that Jarrett Stidham, even though it was a new team, he was with Josh McDaniels in that system in New England for several years and with Josh McDaniels and Mick Lombardi, of course the offensive coordinator, so there's that continuity there. I think that that's a very good point. You want guys that have been around and been around this coaching that are used to it and whatnot, so uh, you know, we're seeing that materialize really in the preseason, and we'll see if that does tonight. In the Battle of the Sunshine State, we have the Miami Dolphins and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Of course, no Tom Brady. He is uh, uh, off for a few days for, you know, whatever is whatever is going on. Nevertheless, uh, he is not going to be playing in this game tonight, so it will be Blaine Gabbard getting the start. Ryan Trask, or Kyle Trask, rather, the backup. Ryan Griffin will do the cleanup for Miami. It is Tua. It is Teddy Bridgewater. It is also Skylar Thompson, the third quarterback, uh, the uh, QB who spent, it seemed like, 10 years at Kansas State, but uh, nevertheless, he is now with Miami. We are seeing this opener was pick them minus one for Miami. And now we're actually seeing Tampa Bay pick them minus $1. twenty at BetMGM. MGM. It's also some ones in the market. And one of the concerns I have, at least in the short term for Tampa, Steven, and, and this is going into the regular season, that offensive line, Tom Brady, you yeah. know, at 45, yeah. it kind of seems absurd to say, Hey, don't worry about Tom Brady, even though father time's undefeated. But look, Look at what he did last year. I mean, look at the numbers he had. However, I'm going to do the Stephen A. Smith. However, the offensive line, not exactly in tip-top shape for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We know Ryan Jensen is out for an indefinite amount of time. Ali Marpet retired. The other starting guard now uh, on the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals. Is that enough for you to have concern for this Tampa Bay team long term, especially even in the division with an upcoming perhaps New Orleans Saints team?
4: Well, you you take a look at their depth chart and you start to see some cues, meaning questionable, right? Meaning guys are banged up, guys are injured. I think this is a uh, a team that's going to have a slow start. But with Tom Brady at the helm, I think we'll rebound quickly. Uh, in the second quarter, right, second quarter of the season. So that that next four games. But yeah, I think you're right, West. I think it's it's a as you as you look at their schedule, it's obviously a, a tough schedule, uh, a little early on. But again, you start to to move. You've, you've you've got to go to Dallas. I think that's a tough game, regardless of what you think of Dallas. They always struggle against the Saints. I don't know why that is. And then you've got Green Bay and you've got Kansas City. That's a tough first four games mm-hmm. for an offensive line that is rebuilt and And a guy in Tom Brady, forget the age. It's a guy that's have, having to leave training camp. So he's out of his rhythm. He's out of his routine, which is never good for any NFL player. But it does ease up. Week five, you've got Atlanta. Week six, you travel to Pittsburgh. Obviously not an easy place to play, but they're rebuilding. And then you go to Carolina. So that next four to me, I think, becomes the most interesting part. Yeah. That's where I would start to look maybe and, and try to identify some places for Tampa Bay.
3: Yeah, because the NFC kind of on a macro level, I think, is very interesting. Matt Brown and I were talking about that with Kelly Bidlin on primetime action last evening here on v And there's no real team that is the favorite, you would say. It's not like where it's Buffalo seems to be the clear favorite in the AFC You look and you've got kind of a hodgepodge of teams at the top, just kind of by default, the usual suspects, Tampa Bay, green bay the rams and those teams but you even go a little bit down the board it's not absurd to look at a team like new orleans or a team like minnesota yeah that maybe they could break through keep in mind the rams i know they had high expectations last year because they were only 14 to 1 where i bet them to win the super bowl but they were the number four seed in the nfc so it wasn't like they were world beaters necessarily all season so look I'm not going to totally sell Tampa Bay. I did bet New Orleans on their overwind total. Maybe I'll take a stab at the division. I'm not sure. As of yet, I still think Tampa Bay, the rifle team to beat at minus 275, just because there at least is a little bit of continuity in that organization. I know Todd Bowles, you know, steps up from defensive coordinator to be the head coach, but it's the same offense left, which we know there's weapons around Tom Brady. So I wouldn't sell this team at least too quickly.
4: Not yet. I think like I said, I think it'd be a rough start. Here's a team for you, maybe the NFC as we, you know, divert just a little bit. How about San Francisco? I mm-hmm. think they're right on that second tier. They're a quarterback away seemingly yeah. from being a Super Bowl contender. If Trey Lance can become what we've seen maybe flashes on of mm-hmm. social media here, they're a real team to to you know contend with. I, I would like them for the division.
3: Well, here's the thing. We know that Trey Lance is a good athlete, and one of the things we know, he could throw the deep ball, and he hit Danny Gray on one, the rookie out of SMU last night. We saw that just in the two starts he made last season. But the thing with Lance, because he's so young, how can he progress from that first read to second read to third read? You know, that's what you've got to do. They've got the lineup there in San Francisco for him. I think that they've got – one of the more underrated receiving cores they're more than Debo Samuel I mean when you have Jennings when you have Brandon Auk when you have George Kittle you have a deep running back core I think they can catch balls out of the backfield and then you add this kid Danny Gray who I think is going to be a pretty good rookie I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment just because he caught a touchdown but this is a guy played an air raid at SMU used to getting a lot of brawls thrown his way so they're going to use him I think going forward so I'm interested in that and uh, speaking of a team too got about a Minute and a half left in the segment, but Miami—they're adding weapons around their young quarterback too. If with Tua, you just look, they add Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle. Of course, is back. They signed Cedric Wilson from Dallas. Uh, nice left tackle there, and a veteran with Taron Armstead. They get him from New Orleans, and then uh, running back competition with Mostert, Edmonds, Michelle, Miles Gaskin in the backfield. So Tua's got some weapons, but Stephen, this is a team. You know, some teams we buy, some teams we sell. This is a team I'm very much holding on right now because I don't know what this team can be. You see the potential, but you also see the potential for disappointment.
4: I agree. Wes, I think this is a hold. I'm not quite sure what to make of it. I think as many answers uh, as they've gotten in the offseason, I think there's still very much a question mark around a lot of this team. Mm-hmm. Tua being first and foremost, and the second being the head coach, right? What do you have in Mike McDaniel? What will this scheme look like? Yeah. What will the culture of this team look like? We can continue this on the other side, but to me, there's a lot of question marks with the Miami. I think you've got to start to see consistency week in and week out. That, yeah. to me, will be your indicator as if the Dolphins are a, a team to be reckoned with later on. The
3: one good thing for Tua, though, is McDaniel You know, has kind of said, okay, you're my guy, which Brian Flores never really said in his tenure in Miami, but we'll continue this on the other side keep it here on Vison the sports betting network
2: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity Voice Remote.
5: Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.
0: This is Betting Across America on vSEN, the Sports Betting Network.
3: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. The betting splits phase will show you where the money and the bets are moving for every single game and now it's updated every 10 minutes in real time so you can see all the changes in the action. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't necessarily match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action but also future events as well. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits our every game at vcin.com That's to get vcin.com Wes Reynolds here on the other side, uh, betting across America, uh, flying kind of solo today. We've got Stephen Bond, though, in the producer chair, so we know that we're going to be okay. So uh, we've been talking NFL preseason here and also some Major League Baseball. I want to continue what we were talking about, at least on the other side, with the uh, Miami Dolphins, uh, who are hosted and are actually going to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay, one-point favorite, 32, 32 and a half right now on the win total. That's going to kick off 7.30 Eastern time, 4.30 Pacific and uh, wanted to get more into Miami again here because – We know that this team, at least when you look on paper, you kind of think this team's got some decent potential because uh, they do have a new coach, uh, Mike McDaniel, who is a pretty good offensive coordinator. I think in San Francisco, we know Kyle Shanahan had the final veto power in terms of the play calling, but Mike McDaniel, pretty innovative mind. uh, I think was very well liked, very well respected, not only in the organization, but around the league uh, can get a little bit creative. He's the guy that was kind of the brainchild of uh, Debo Samuel in the running game, I think, which led the 49ers of the playoffs expect devo maybe not to run the ball as much but they've got a new receiver down there in miami that they can also use as a weapon in the running game as they decide which running back they're going to go with and that's the cheetah tyree kill i think they've watched enough kansas city chiefs tape and watched andy reed enough steven to say okay we can get this guy on an end around it's just get him the ball and get it to him in space whether it's way down the field or in the backfield running the ball
4: What's well, it's so funny you see the the clips on social media. I, we're prisoners of the moments, prisoners of, of our time with social media. But you see early on Tua throwing that 65-yard bomb and, mm-hmm. whoa, okay, this is a little different. Right. We haven't seen this before, right? But he's
3: doing it, uh, you know, no pads, seven right, on seven. Or right. He's doing it against, uh, what did Michael call it the other day, air.
4: It's Yeah, so it's a little misleading. And then you see the pass the other day, and I believe it was 11 on 11, ball comes out and it's, two, three, four yards ahead of the receiver. It's not even close. Mm -hmm. So now you're thinking, oh, boy, what do we got here? You know, this team has speed. There's no doubt. And I think if you play within Tua Tungabailoa's abilities – they can be very dangerous because of that speed. If they want to be a team that's going to air the ball out and, and look to go outside the numbers, I think that's when this team will fail and fall short. Again, Mike McDaniel, if you've got a seat at the Shanahan table, you must be pretty qualified, you must be pretty good, mm-hmm. and that's a great table to be sitting at and learn from. So I do think it's a guy that knows offense. But is he a head coach? And I know... Uh, um, Michael Lombardi is big on that, right? Bill Belichick is a head coach. That's what you see. It's not, in, in today's day, and age. we got such specialization in players and coaches and whatnot, but that's a guy who's a head coach. What is Mike McDaniel? Is he that head coach? Is he going to be in command of, of everything? I think we're going to get a look at that in the preseason. That'll tell you a little bit mm-hmm. about, you know, maybe what to expect out of this Dolphins team. I'll be honest with you, Wes. I don't really trust him, and maybe it's the Bills bias, right? It, it naturally comes through, but today... I kind of like him. I believe they're getting a point, if I'm not mistaken. I kind of like him in this spot, only because I'm not quite sure what to make of Tampa Bay's depth.
3: Yeah, and and what you were saying about Miami, absolutely true. Of course, Uh, McDaniel, a first-time head coach, a very young head coach, by the way, 39 years old, and also a young offensive coordinator. Frank Smith comes in. He was a run game coordinator for the Chargers last year. So you look at just kind of how they put the staff. Like, you could tell... They've put a structure around uh, Mike McDaniel with uh, not only Frank Smith, but Daryl Bevel comes in as the passing game coordinator and the quarterback's coach. Daryl Bevel, of course, uh, gets that get out of jail free card like most of the staff down there in Jacksonville under Urban Meyer. And Daryl Bevel, I think, is a very proven coach in this league from a coordinator standpoint. So they want to give Mike McDaniel some support. And uh, you just look at Miami in terms of the depth. Uh, One of the things that they did defensively, they forced a lot of turnovers in this secondary on paper should be very good with Xavier uh, Howard and also Byron Jones, even though Brian Jones on the Pup list right now to starting at corner and then Holland and uh, Brandon Jones in the uh, st- safety positions. But Miami, I think, should be able to to force turnovers once again. Now, can they get that consistent pass rush? They brought in Ogba. They have uh, Jalen Phillips, uh, who they drafted in their second year. Melvin Ingram comes in to play that right outside linebacker. So uh, you look at Miami, and that's kind of how I feel. I'm not really buying or selling them, Stephen, but there's just kind of the feeling like, They're just a little bit away. They're just going to fall short because you're going to see, I think, flashes of brilliance like you talked about that throw with Tua, but you're also going to see mistakes. But the one thing I will say for Tua – Even though you got Teddy Bridgewater there as an insurance policy, I don't think this is going to be treated like Brian Flores did because Brian Flores had the very quick hook. You know, if Tua started the struggle, it's like, I got Ryan Fitzpatrick here. I'm going to go with the hot hand because obviously when you're a young coach, it's like I got to win and I got to win now or I'm going to be out of a job. So I can understand that pressure, but that certainly doesn't do a lot for your young quarterback's confidence and mindset.
4: You know, Wes, I'm curious to, to get your thoughts on this. This is a team that's got a very tough start to the season they've got to host new england they've got to travel to baltimore they host buffalo and then they've got to travel to cincinnati but after that it gets a little interesting they host or they excuse me they travel to new york they host minnesota host pittsburgh i wonder if this is a team we could look at to maybe make an in play an in season total uh, play I, I
3: I might maybe they get hot in the they second might get half hot the in the season second season half because here, that's right? what so I kind of see yes. you may
4: see that number dip you know a couple of games after the first four weeks where it may be a place to to take advantage
3: yeah absolutely so because yeah that's that's a tough slate really coming out of the gate and then it kind of eases up a little bit in that middle third that you can see on the graphic there where there's probably a lot more wins than losses of course the bye week in week 11 uh, but look uh, they paid the big money for Tyreek Hill who uh Is some kind of a chip on on the receivers list, I'm guessing, on the GM shuffle, Steven? I don't know if he's a red or a blue, but we were going to talk about some of these red chip receivers. I know we're getting to the blue chippers tomorrow. What do we have on the slate?
4: I tell you that the, the red chip receivers were fascinating to me. I, I like to think that, that I've got a couple of, of red chippers and blue chippers in Buffalo. And it turns out we've got at least one red chip, according to Michael Lombardi. This is again, the list is, is via Michael Lombardi of the GM shuffle. He and Femi Abebefe um, uh, host the show. And Every every week we've been going through this list, right? And and really the biggest thing for Michael this week, I think, was the the ability to separate and then catch the ball, right? And so I, I was fascinated by this list. Stefan Diggs to me is a blue chipper, but you can't argue when you get a red chipper.
5: Mm-hmm. Debo
4: is a is a really interesting pick there. And then a couple of veterans, right? You get a couple of guys on the bottom end of this list and Mike Evans and Mike Williams, where I didn't think of those guys. You know, yeah. I think Mike Williams is consistency. That's what I think of. Mike Williams to me has some question marks but and I would encourage you to go download the the, the podcast it's fascinating to me to hear Michael's explanation of Mike Williams and this is one of the keys that he identified, and I'm curious for your thoughts. Mike Williams is a guy who wins on the outside. Yes. I never thought about that because I always think, boy, Keenan Allen, such a dangerous threat for the Chargers. Mm -hmm.
3: Yeah, absolutely, and Keenan Allen is the guy that makes tough catches over the middle and, uh, you know, very good position receiver, even though he's not a very big guy. So, you know, he's a guy that knows where the sticks are, just a really smart receiver, and Mike Williams, because of his physical strength, does, I think, win from the outside. I basically can concur with this list. I might have had Stefan Diggs in, in, in the top five. And uh, I wonder if Michael maybe went with some of the young guys on the blue chippers. I know that's going to be revealed tomorrow, so I don't want to spoil that for the audience. But, you know, the Jamar Chases, the Justin Jeffersons, obviously. You're we thinking can, correctly, Wes. We can, you're, you're
4: thinking we, correctly. <laughs> we
3: can see superstardom really written all over those guys. Yeah. It's like, do you consider those guys top five? I think we all kind of consider Devontae Adams to be there and Cooper Cup just based on the production, you know, even though Cooper Cup, not necessarily the guy that's going to win on the outside, not necessarily like the physical specimen that somebody like a Debo is or somebody like a Mike Williams are. So, uh, yeah, Diggs might have been the only guy from this list I might have moved in the top five, but certainly all of these guys are very good. Debo not going to run the ball as much anymore. Uh, He's going to, you know, he said, hey, I was unhappy, and they extended his contract three more years, paid him his money, You know, they're going to use him as a receiver. You don't want to not use him, though, as a runner, though. I mean, there are certain situations. It's like, go with what's working because they got hot at the end of the season. Now, you know, don't use him like he's Jonathan Taylor or something. Sure, sure. You know, give him the ball on an end around. This guy's a powerful runner.
4: I wonder if he doesn't make the list if he you know, transitions more or solely right. into that receiver mode. Um, yeah, I think he kind of slides mode, you know? maybe,
3: maybe a little bit because, uh, look, he's so good yards after catch, and that's one of the reasons I think McDaniel and Shanahan ran him last year because he can shed tackles. He shed like 27 tackles last year just in the receiving game. Then you look at his running. He had 14 explosive runs of 10-plus yards, broke 28 tackles on 86 carries. So this is a guy that is very hard to bring down, and you want to definitely use that.
4: I would think so. He's such a threat, right? And that's what you want. You want guys that are going to make we, we always talk about this, right? This is the cliche. Playmakers. But that's a guy that can make a play, whether it's through the air or with his legs. So I, I don't think you want to go away from that. We'll get to the blue chippers uh, tomorrow, but Wes, I think you did a good job of not seeing the list and identifying right. pretty much yeah. every name spoiler on that list.
3: Alert, spoiler <laughs> alert! But I think people can read between the lines who would be in those top five. But nevertheless, tune in tomorrow for that. On the other side, we'll update you on the two preseason games. Also get of Major League Baseball. This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sport Betting Network.
0: This is Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. College
3: Football Guide is out now, and the NFL Guide is coming in just a couple weeks. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, you get best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's College Football Betting Guides is to become a VSIN All-Access subscriber. Sign up early for a discount at $175, and you'll receive the College and Pro Football Betting Guides along with full VSIN access all the way through the Super Bowl. If you want to try it on a monthly basis, you can join us for $40 a month and see everything Vsin has to up your betting game. Go to vCin.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the sports betting network. Once again, that is vSyn.com slash subscribe. Wes Reynolds here on Betting Across America on a Saturday morning right here on Vsin, The Sports Betting Network. Producer Stephen Bond in the big chair, keeping this show on the tracks. Uh, We've been talking a lot of preseason football. Of course, we've got two games underway, and let's get you updated on those scores before we preview the rest of the card. Kansas City, 14 to nothing. Uh, Shane Bouchelle throws a touchdown pass late in the first half, 14 to nothing over Chicago. If you want to get on the second half, 16 and a half your total, two and a half uh, laying minus for the Chicago Bears. So, Chiefs off to a good start. Uh, They got the money against the Bears, and right Rightfully so, at least through the first half. Also at halftime in our nation's capital, that is the Carolina Panthers 10-6 to over the Washington Commanders. Total for the second half now being bet a little bit to the under seeing some 16s but 16 and a half in the market at bet MGM getting juice to the under by the way Washington minus one for the second half we did see a little bit of sharp money come in on the under before this game it was 37 37 and a half when we got in this morning closed at 36 basically across the board so uh, we'll see uh, Matt Corral a lot in the second half plus PJ Walker for the Washington commanders probably a lot of the rookies. Sam Howell out of North Carolina. So, uh, those are your halftime scores. One baseball game, by the way, underway. They're doing a double dip down in Marlins Park in Miami. Three to two currently the Atlanta Braves. It is Kyle Muller on the bump for the Braves. Jesus Lizardo for Miami. So, three to two, top of the fifth. Braves got a nice win last night. Uh, Michael Harris, who looks like he's going to win the National League Rookie of the Year, two-run shot in the eighth, put it out of reach. So, this is the first of two. Ian Anderson going in the second game for the Braves. Uh, no pitcher yet for the Miami Dolphins. Uh, one more game that we do want to get to that we haven't gotten to yet in the show is the uh, the Battle of Los Angeles. It is the Rams against the Chargers. And uh, if you've watched this, uh, you've actually seen the over get bet a little bit today. I think based on the trend that we've seen throughout the preseason so far, 8-0 officially to the over. This total actually got down as low as 30 because I think this game last year was a super low scoring game because if you're looking for a coach, we were talking with Mike Pritchard earlier like these coaches seem to care about the preseason a little bit more now one coach steven that does not is sean mcveigh that is he true. does not care about <laughs> this preseason if you watch the rams i mean they're basically like they might be pulling fans out of the stands like hey hey want to strap up want to want to put a helmet and shoulder pads on and play a game for us because it seems like they play nobody we know matthew stafford's not going to go tonight he's been battling an injury doesn't look like we're going to see a lot of John Wolford either, so it may be the Bryce Perkins show for the Super Bowl champions tonight. Can
4: I interest you in Bryce Perkins and then Luis Perez?
3: Luis Perez, by the way, yeah, he was signed at AAF Legend, the Alliance of American Football. Luis Perez has been around, so they had to have somebody, I think. So you're probably going to see, I'm guessing, Perkins at least for the half, maybe Perez for the second half. Uh, Sean McVeigh and company, they don't really do much here in the preseason. They keep guys healthy, and I think when you got a veteran team Super Bowl champion, you don't want to take any chances. Now, I'm curious about this thing with Stafford, because I want to say that it's just precautionary. But when you're also sitting John Wolford, a guy who I know has made a what, like a couple starts in this league, a handful of starts, you want him to at least get something. And yet they're not playing him at all. Yeah. And it's
4: concerning because I don't see him listed on an injury report anywhere for Los Angeles. Yeah. So I, I, you wonder what's going on exactly with, with John Wolford. Uh, which lets you gives you an indication as to where we are in the preseason mm-hmm. here, West, that we're worried about John Wolford's status. Th- this is a fascinating uh game because it's so the total's so low. Bet MGM right now at 32 and a half. The Chargers are are laying three here. I tend to think that if if I were to play this game, I would lean with the Chargers here. I, I don't trust the Rams' depth. Again, you outside of their their they're marquee players. And when you say marquee, boy, they've got them, right? Mm-hmm. Stafford, Cup, mm-hmm. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey. They've got stars that are stars, right? So, but outside of that, the Rams have always struggled with depth. Yeah, I, I just don't trust that team. Again, when I look at preseason, and I'm, I'm going to try to handicap or bet a preseason game, I'm looking at the depth of the team. I like the Chargers' depth far better than I like the Rams' depth.
3: Yeah, and I'm curious, and I don't want to read too much into this because this is a preseason game, but obviously the Chargers, I think now that the Rams are a Super Bowl champion and they certainly have more history, I think, in the city of Los Angeles, the Chargers are kind of like the B team. They're kind of like the Clippers there because I think, look, I'll still call them probably several times during the season. I'll still say the San Diego Chargers because they seem like the San Diego Chargers to me, but now they're splitting the market out there in Los Angeles. We know, you know, a little bit of a fair weather town from a pro sports standpoint, but when you're winning, all of a sudden there are a lot of Rams fans there in the postseason season in Los Angeles, Whereas like, where were you during the regular season, but they'll come for the playoffs. We know that that's how the front runners <laughs> are out there in Hollywood.
4: You're absolutely right. And in La
3: La Land. So, uh, yeah, look, the Chargers, I think, are fighting for respect, not only in L.A., but I think around the league, because uh, one coach that, you know, took his fair share of abuse, even though I think nine and eight for a rookie season was successful, was Brandon Staley, because we know Brandon Staley is going to do things a different way. Brandon Staley, you know, is going to stick with his process and go with it. This is a guy that goes for it a lot on fourth down. When it works, it's like, okay, he's a genius, and then when it doesn't work, and it maybe Cost you a bet. It's like, oh, this guy's an idiot. This guy's going too much by the analytics or he's going by the numbers. I think this guy's going to be a really good head coach. I actually very much like the Chargers in the AFC West this year.
4: I agree, Wes. I, I, the Chargers are a team undervalued to me. I, I love their roster and I love the additions they made. Khalil mm-hmm. Mack is not what Khalil Mack was when he was with the Raiders, right? I.
3: But I don't yet, think he has to
4: be. I think that's the point, right? Like, he's he's just going to be across from Joey Bosa, and they just need to be disruptive enough. Their back end, to me, those group of, of defensive backs with J.C. Jackson and mm-hmm. Derwin James, that might be some of the best combos in the entire NFL. And so, what do you have in today's league, right? You have guys that need to stop wide receivers and guys that need to get to the pass rusher. Yes. Well, the Chargers have that. Mm-hmm. And then offensively speaking, I think Herbert is ready to pop. I think this is the year we see Justin Herbert just elevate his game. I mean, this is a young man that threw for, what, 5,000 yards in his second season? Mm-hmm. I think we just sort of overlooked that, and I'm not really sure why. He's, he's a guy that if you're a Miami fan, you're hoping that he has a horrific season, right? Because yes. you you passed on him. You went with Tua.
3: Mm-hmm. I just,
4: To me, if you gave me... Tua or Herbert, I'm taking Herbert all day, every
3: day. Yeah, no question about it. And and look, and I've had this conversation with Femi before on the air because he's not necessarily ready to buy in totally on Justin Herbert. I'm like – buy-in empty to bring struck on this guy because the 5,000 yards in his second season, this guy is a gamer and you saw that he was a gamer when he got pushed into action in that rookie year against Kansas city who were looked like world beaters. And the fact that he was able to go toe to toe on the other side with Patrick Mahomes. I, I, I really like this chargers team. I think that this team, look, anybody, I guess can win that West. There's no weak team. I think a lot of people are putting the Raiders at the bottom of that division, but that Raiders team is going to score a ton of points now can the defense under Patrick Graham you know step up and meet that offense but you got four really dynamic offenses in this league so you talk about getting Khalil Mack even though it's not he's not what he was necessarily in Chicago and with the Raiders previously but you've got to load up on pass rushers in this team when you've got a Derek Carr, Patrick Mahomes, Russell Wilson, Justin Herbert pretty good lineup of quarterbacks and pretty good offenses so you got to load up with that pass rush
4: As you look at their schedule, Wes, they they start by hosting the Raiders. They have to travel to Kansas City. They host Jacksonville. And then they have to travel to Houston. If that's a team that ends that stretch 3-1, and what do you make of the Chargers?
3: I think that they could be in the driver's seat, really, for the division. And, and, and I hesitate to say that because there's four good teams. But the schedule, even though you get the two divisional games, let's say you go one-on-one, you get Jacksonville and Houston, you get a Cleveland team that might not have Deshaun Watson, you get Denver coming in. The one thing about the Chargers is because they're still fighting for respect and they're still new, really, to L.A., even though they've been in Southern California for pretty much their entire existence – they don't really have a great home field advantage. The chargers are actually kind of a better bet on the road. Yeah. When you look at point spread value. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this team at home, they have one of the worst home fields in the league, you know, down there with some of the Florida teams like Miami, like Jacksonville. We know some teams have great home fields. Denver has one Kansas city, certainly new Orleans chargers are there at the bottom of the barrel. So I often like to take these guys on the road, even though if, even if they're a West traveling to East team, but the schedule certainly, You know, it gets tougher, I think, in the back end, that kind of back six games. But this is a team that I do like to win for the division. I haven't bet it yet just because I wanted to see if these teams are going to make any more moves, especially on the defenses, because these totals are going to be astronomically high for these AFC West games. I think it's like one of the games is 52, 52 and a half a week one. You're going to see 55s and 56s at some point.
4: I think that's a team, West and I know we're up against it, but I think that's a team that could start 7-1, and 6-2 and
3: two at worst. Super Chargers now, or Chargers charge. That's what they used to play, the San Diego Superchargers song, but now they're the L.A. Chargers. Coming up, other side, we got Ross Talk here on Betting Across America. This is v Sports Betting Network.
5: Check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts.
3: This is Betting Across America on v the Esports Betting Network. The action never stops at BetMGM. Sign up now using bonus code vsin 1000 and your first wager is risk-free up to $1,000. BetMGM's state-of-the-art app offers a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, daisily boosted odds specials, and so much more. No matter what your favorite sport is, you'll find out why nothing beats a win at the King of Sportsbooks. Simply download the BetMGM app today or go to BetMGM.com and enter bonus code v 1000 to make your first wager risk-free up to Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions 21 years of age or older to wager new customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets do expire within seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. And a reminder, promotional offers not available in Nevada nor New York. Betting across America here, Wes Reynolds uh, flying solo today, but not for much longer because we're going to bring in my good friend Dave Ross for some Ross talk here to close out this betting across America, at least uh, part one, part two of betting across America, by the way, going to be Mr. Ross and Amal Shah down there from Circa. Dave, how are you this afternoon, my friend?
6: I'm I'm great, Wes. And look, hopefully, uh, shout out to Femi. Hope he gets better. But if anybody can just roll with three hours, it's you, my friend. <laughs> I mean, no problem whatsoever for the one and only Wes Reynolds. Wes, I have a question before you before we talk UFC and everything else. Because you know I'm going to ask you about golf. What do you make so far of what you've seen at Leg One of the FedEx Cup playoffs? Because – I'm always intrigued with the guys that are trying to get to, you know, get inside the Mm 70 to either make the cut line here and get to the next week. How do you handicap it? Because I'm always like trying to get in the minds of the golfers of what they need to move on. Are they really looking to try to win this first leg? Is it more important for that, or is it to move on all the way eventually to East Lake?
3: Yeah, and I think this is this has kind of become an interesting leaderboard here. Just 122 players this week. Uh, of course, uh, the top 70 in the points are going to advance next week to Wilmington, Delaware, for the BMW Championship, and then the top 30 close it out at East Lake down in Atlanta for the Tour Championship. But yeah, you look right now on the leaderboard, Dave. Uh, not necessarily greenhorns here because these guys have mm-hmm. won PGA Tour events. Merritt JJ spawn at 11 under tied for the lead. Tyler Duncan nice start to his round he is a winner on the PGA Tour Sepp Straka won his first event earlier this year at the Honda Classic but we were kind of looking at this last night Matt Brown and I on primetime action I was like okay how do we feel about our lurkers because that's kind of who we have you know some of the shorter priced guys like a Will Zalatoris or Sam Burns soon JM made a nice move today he gets in with the 63 he's at nine under but yeah this this has become a lot more like the old FedEx St. Jude classic before it was a WGC event now the first event of the FedEx Cup playoffs so that's what this has become but currently the favorite at BetMGM is one Tony Finau at plus 450. Tony Finau has probably been the hottest player on the tour of course won back to back weeks up at the 3M in Minneapolis and then the Rocket Mortgage in Detroit and uh, Tony Finau currently tied for fifth just two back so he is currently plus 450 at BetMGM but this is a wide open event I think with a lot of guys Guys that are a little bit unproven guys still seeking that first win like hayden buckley like wyndham clark so there's it's very hard i mean you can really i think go down the board if you want to get a more proven commodity to see if they can win this thing you still got Zalatoris at 16 to 1 fitzpatrick 22 to 1 that might be where i you know if they're within three or four shots going into tomorrow they're definitely live to get the win
6: Because you know me by now, Wes. I like to hop in here before we get to a Sunday in a final round of a PGA Tour event. Because, again, normally the leaders, they really struggle to get home here so you can find that value down the board, as you mentioned. And very quickly, because you know I know how much you love wrestling, I look at what's happening now with Live Golf. And, and look, you and I both wish it wasn't here. We wish it was just the PGA Tour in perpetuity. But we can't ignore the elephant in the room. And when I see guys like Cam Smith down down there this week – and I know that it's it's a different feel in those locker rooms. I feel like the, the attention golf has gotten, and obviously it's not all positive because you have a rival league here. And Cam Smith feels like, for all intents and purposes, he's gone once the FedEx Cup playoffs are done. He won't officially announce it, obviously. That's why he's playing this week. And for him, he hopes to play for the next three weeks. But do you almost feel like we're going to get to an NWO you know, or, you know, WWE versus the NW Like, is it going to be these two rival gangs, if you will, in golf? Well, and-, and somehow, like the old AFL and the NFL, we'll see some sort of... We'll have our best against your best type event.
3: I don't know how far it's going to go, but certainly, you know, you kind of look at live and it's a little bit on the periphery, but now that you're potentially getting a cam Smith uh, and I wish, you know, if he was going to do this, he'd wait till after the president's cup because he's the right. number one team guy for Trevor Immelman on that team. But uh, you know, with Cameron Smith and Cameron Young, this is a lot different than Phil or, you know, some of these guys that are in their mm-hmm. 40s that are, you know, well onto the back nine of their career. Cam Smith is still a very young guy. Cameron Young as well. He could these be, guys, a year. Yeah, these guys are in their 20s. So these guys, because that's why I've always been at least somewhat dismissive of Liv, despite the money that's behind them, is because they're not getting guys whose best golfer ahead of them. But with Cameron Smith and Cameron Young, they very well could be. So this is going to be the story of the offseason. I think, you know, how many guys are going to do this, what the legal ramifications are going to be going forward. So, uh, you know. Unfortunately, I think it's just really divisive in in the game right now. And, and I wish it mm-hmm. didn't exist, but it's not going away necessarily anytime soon. And uh, speaking of a guy that has not gone away, still out there fighting. And that is Dominic Cruz. He is in the main event oh. tonight at the Pechanga Arena in San Diego against Marlon Vera. Dominic Cruz, look, uh, you wonder, I mean, he's had a great career. He's going to be a UFC Hall of Famer, no question about mm-hmm. it. But you wonder if he even fell short of the greatness he could have had. Bad because of all the injuries that he had, Dave. Right. Uh, I remember him coming from the WEC days, and then that got you kind of engulfed into the UFC family. And this guy really could have been one of the all time greats, you got to think, but still out there, still fighting, maybe not quite the level he was. He's the dog tonight against Marlon Vera, though 24 and 3, Dominic Cruz, 21 7 and 1, Marlon Vera. What do you make of Cruz? Does he still have something left in the tank, or are we kind of coming to the end here?
6: Wes, I think when you mention greatness and in the bantamweight division, you have to put Dominic Cruz right there at the top of the line, certainly uh, with some of the all time best bantamweights we've ever seen. Clearly, as you mentioned, his best days are behind him. But you know what they always say great fighters always have one great fight left in them. It's going to be a pro Dominic Cruz crowd, basically a home crowd here in San Diego. And the way I look at it, Wes, and again, you got to look at fights that we think might go the distance. And when you see it juice the way it is to go over four and a half rounds, $1.80 uh, is the price tag I got it at. It's basically leading you down that path that the Sharps are, are estimating that this fight's going to go over four and a half, more than likely hit the cards for all five. So when I see that and the way judging has been in mixed martial arts, certainly this year, it's really been under the microscope. So if they're looking for damage, you would assume Marlon Vera would do more of the damage, bigger puncher, right? A guy's got finishing potential down on the ground. But if you can get control, and Dominic Cruz, you look at the numbers, this guy is pretty darn good when it comes to takedowns and control time on the ground. So can he control Cheeto Vera on the ground? Wes, I think he can. And if he does, I think he can steal a couple rounds. And potentially, if he can do that early in the fight, then he can get into the gas tank of Cheeto Vera and get him into those championship rounds three, four, and five. My best play on the board is the over four and a half in this fight. Can Dominic Cruz really win it? I'm not more convinced of that at the $2 price tag. So I I think that he's a live dog, though, because if it hits the cards and the judging can get a little bit squirrely and it's a little bit closer in the judge's eyes and maybe with the fancy, yeah, I think he's a live dog. But I think the better play, the safer play – is to play that over four and a half rounds here, minus a dollar eighty, and that's what I'm going to do in that championship match. Yeah, I'm
3: I'm with you here because Cruz is not a guy that gets finished very often. That knockout he got against Cejudo when Cejudo got the TKO win, that was a little bit of a fluky knockout, I think. So Dominic Cruz still has a chin, and he's so careful and so precise and strategic that he doesn't find himself into firefights, and I think he's going to be able to avoid that. Uh, Dave, uh, about uh, 45 seconds left. I do got to ask you about preseason. What are you looking for? four yep. from your Dallas Cowboys tonight. They're getting five now at Denver. Is there a certain position that you're watching in particular for Dallas tonight?
6: Better believe it. I'm looking at the D line without Randy Gregory there. I'm looking up front of the O line and the D line. So, you know, how are you going to replace? I know that, you know, Layle Collins, maybe people don't think he was great. Hey, he was still pretty darn good in that right side. Connor Williams is off that offensive line as well. How do the O-lines and the D-lines match up against what we think is a pretty darn good – it's not the full-throttle Denver Broncos here, but pretty good lines in their own right that the Broncos are going to be bringing to the table. Can the O-lines and D-lines of Dallas hold up? I'm not as worried about the skill players. They're going to get help with Michael Gallup. We'll find out when he can come back here. And CeeDee Lamb emerging as the number one. And, you know, the tight end position is pretty solid for the Cowboys. And a healthy Dak Prescott. I'm not worried about that. I'm worried about the D-line and the O-lines. If they hold up, Wes – And I'm seeing these numbers drop in the Cowboys after the draft year, down to 10 in some markets. You can find them for the the total there when it was as high as 11. So it's come down almost a full game there. And again, you can get plus money now on the Cowboys to win the NFC East. If those lines can hold up, Wesson might be a value play on the Cowboys before too long.
3: Dave will scoop it up on, on the drift here with Dallas. Thank you to Dave Ross, Adam Burke, Will Hill, <laughs> Mike Pritchard, Stephen Bond, Kevin Trask, the whole crew here at VSIN. You've been watching Betting Across America on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
0: if you dare.
5: Zumo Play.